Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello everyone, and welcome to the second official episode of the podcast Researchers, Development, and Everything in Between. Before I get started with this week's guest, I just want to say thank you to everybody who downloaded and listened to the special episode released last week, where I talked to Victoria Omotashaw about being a BAME researcher. It's fantastic that Victoria's experience and the experiences of BAME researchers in higher education is having traction and getting out there and that everybody is learning as much as I did from listening to Victoria. So please do continue to share Victoria's story and the stories and experiences of other BAME researchers. So for this episode, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by another one of our PGRs, Edward Mills. Edward is a PGR in Modern Languages and is just on the cusp or almost at the point of submission. So for this episode, Edward and I are going to talk about all things writing up, writing, (laughs) procrastination, and then just at the end, a little bit of Doctor Who. For those of you that have been looking forward to my promise of bad jokes... This is an episode where you're going to get a lot of them. Prepare yourselves. So, Edward, are you happy to introduce yourself? Yeah, so, uh, hello. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I noticed in last week's uh, podcast, um, you said, Kelly, you were going to be joined by uh, someone else. So, hello, I'm someone else. Specifically, my name is Edward. I am a final year, hopefully, uh, postgrad student here at the University of Exeter, where I am... Uh, dangerously close to finishing my PhD in uh, French, specifically in all things medieval French. Fabulous. So we're going to be talking today about the process of writing up, but specifically given the current situation, writing up in the time of coronavirus. So Edward, how has writing up been for you in the time of coronavirus? It's a good question, actually, that. Um, and it's a difficult one because I'm, I'm not sure there was actually a single moment anyway when I, I realised that I'd started writing up. Um, I've been writing up for a few months now. Uh, I probably started, I would say, around this time last year with the writing up process. But for reasons I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, the distinction between writing up and researching is a bit more blurred in the humanities. Coronavirus has definitely changed things and it's changed things in ways that I don't think any of us could have expected. Um, But hopefully what I'd like to point out today, if we can take one thing away from it, is that if it's an isolating process, certainly with everything that's going on at the moment, obviously writing up already has a, a reputation for being quite isolating and then adding coronavirus on top of that, it doesn't have to be isolated. And there are several ways that you can go about making sure that doesn't happen. So if you've sort of started the process pretty much a year ago, and we'll come back to kind of the start of that a bit later, how before we got into this um, particularly isolating situation, how were you managing the isolating aspects of writing up your thesis so that you didn't become isolated? I think the main thing was to maintain and cultivate the networks that I had already built up during the PhD. So they're networks among um, supervisors, 
networks among other members of the department and networks among PGRs as well. So uh, I, we built up some very supportive um, graduate networks. And I was, even though I was on my own in an office because of, I, I juggle the PhD writing up with a different job. And even though I was on my own in that, that office that was given to me as part of the job, I was still very, very keen on having people over, on inviting people to work for periods of time in that office, uh, you know, when there was a, a bit of space in there. Um, it was all about setting up the um, interactions with people uh, to make sure that you didn't lose the friendship gains that you'd already made during the first part of the thesis, I think. So were they kind of inviting people to just come and work in the office with you or was it a more social kind of arrangement? A bit of both, really. A lot, a lot of this we'll come back, we'll come back to in yeah. a minute, I'm sure, when we talk about uh, how COVID changes things. Um, but it was a bit of both. You know, uh, I had a big desk in the office as if someone wanted to come and work up there for a bit or um, we could go and work together in a, in, in a different space. The important thing really is togetherness, whether you're working or you're not working, um, being able to maintain the friendships that you've built up through the isolating process of writing up and breaking up the day, which might otherwise feel like seven or eight hours of sitting at a desk, generally just mashing a keyboard. Breaking that up is an absolutely crucial thing to do. And uh, friends, uh, these mythical creatures called friends are one way of doing that. And they're probably the best way of doing it as well, I think. Absolutely. And I think people who there's a, there's the interesting benefit of people who are going through the same thing, who are also doing their research degree or writing up. And so have that very particular kind of empathy for your situation, but also then people who know nothing about it and have got nothing to do with it and can be an absolute and total distraction from the whole thing. Yes. Absolutely. And on that front as well, I've been very fortunate over the PhD to be involved in a lot of other things. My, my supervisor, if he's listening, hi Tom, um, has described his job in the past as being the guy who stops me doing other things, um, which is an exaggeration, obviously, but he, there, there's a, a valid point in that I have a tendency to get involved in all the things. Many of them, though, do actually help, as I'm sure we would all agree, in, in getting away from the writing up. So, if you need if you need a day of of uh, headspace, going on a bike ride with the local cycling club is club is great. Going to going to play chess for the university and get destroyed by people half your age is great. Um, I'm not saying they've both happened. I'm just heavily implying it. And this is really important. And I mean, you already know that I'm a big big advocate for these sorts of things because the impact that they have on your mental health and well being is huge. Um, and I know that from my own experience of not doing that <laughs> and and not having those extra things, but also, you know, it's, it's thinking, it's thinking space, it's thinking time, but away from the, away from the computer screen. Like, do you find you have moments of like inspiration when you're on a bike ride or something? Yeah, I do. I, I, I very often uh, talk to myself on bike rides. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be used in some kind of therapy session 20 years from now, but I, I very often chat uh, to myself and say, okay, Edward, right. Just getting the, getting the, the, the heart rate up now. So what's the plan for today? Well, okay. So you need to start off just by 
processing what you began yesterday just picture this with the kind of the countryside rolling gently by and you've got you've got a notion um so you need to start just by finishing off uh that that paragraph that you, you left a sentence over from uh, yesterday good and then just before lunch you can move on and you can you can see if you can crack the back of the next one now absolutely getting out and doing stuff exercise is good there was an excellent video which i'm sure will be in the show notes um this is a, a more uh, moving towards a slightly more coronavirus specific point, but it's also good advice before before all of this hit. Um, there's an excellent video by a YouTuber called CGP Grey. Uh, it's called Spaceship U, uh, and it's basically a, a lockdown productivity guide. Uh, I know you've seen this because I sent it to you. Um, it's if you're sick of if you're sick of hearing how to be productive watch this one instead because it frames it in the context of you in a spaceship and spaceships are cool what i what i really like about that video is it does reinforce those things we're talking about about the importance of your wider network of self-care and i know that self-care is a kind of overly used term in a lot of ways in our culture but those things that you do to look after your mental and physical health are incredibly important because those are the things that are going to sustain you to do this really complex and intense and you know inevitably i think at some point it's quite stressful work of writing up the thesis oh yeah jumping 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 ahead to what i'm doing after we finish recording this podcast uh, i'm gonna go out for a bike ride and i haven't actually got as much done today as I would probably have hoped uh, to have got done. That's not saying I was completely unproductive. Um, honestly, supervisor, I promise. But I do think that the idea of having this bike ride built in as a non-negotiable is quite important. It is my way of of decompressing, if you like. And it doesn't, it, 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 one of the things that um, the CGP Grey video stresses is that if your if your ment if your core if you like has two halves the physical and the mental, it's much easier to start by priming the physical half of your your proverbial spaceship's core because um, brains can't think themselves better. But exercise is a great leveler. And um, and we also know that you know from research the positive impacts exercise has on mental health in terms of the hormones and endorphins that get produced as a result of doing exercise. So, you know, there's it kind of it one feeds the other. I can that's exactly what CGP Gray says. And I can I can personally attest to the mental health benefits of going wee as I zoom down uh, the one hill in my local area. So how did you start writing up? Like did did you make a conscious decision? Like you got to a point in the research and went, okay, I am now writing up, or was it a more kind of fluid, organic process? For me, at least, it's a much more fluid, organic process. Um, a, a bit of context. I'm, I'm now in my fourth year, and my PhD required a little bit of rethinking after an upgrade viva, which was uh, a really useful experience, probably the most um, enriching hour that I'd spent on the PhD up to that point, if that makes sense. Um, so it was a difficult one because I'd, I found myself after that having to reframe a few questions. And what that meant was it wasn't really until the end of my second year that I had an idea of how my PhD would be structured. Uh, I then spent the most of my third year on a chapter of my thesis that would sit somewhat apart from the other sections. So to an extent, I'd say that the, the writing up process started over the summer of my third to fourth year, uh, which basically, 
has involved me over the last year, taking ideas and plans for chapters and outlines that existed mostly as conference papers, actually, um, and fleshing them out one by one into full chapters. That's now done, and I'm paradoxically back at chapter one, uh, which I'm just finishing up now before I turn to the conclusion and the introduction. So you mentioned there that those sort of chapters actually were conference papers. Yes. That then became fleshing out. So when, when you came to sort of thinking about that structure and actually starting to 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 draft chapters as chapters, if you see what I mean, rather than as other pieces of writing. Yeah. Um, what did that feel like? Was that a really intimidating process? It was a bit of both, really. Um, I, as a as a general rule, I'm a fan of using conferences to present stuff that you're not certain about, rather than using them yeah. as 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 ways of presenting work that you've already done. Uh, because they're a great way to place to get feedback and to hear people who work in that field and get a sense of what they think of what you're doing. So in that sense, it was slightly reassuring because I had already road tested quite a lot of what I was of what I was going to be developing. Um, the main the main process really for me for that was saying, OK, in this chapter, what's my in this sorry, in this conference paper? Whoopsie. What's the what's the main point? that you're getting across. And that's another thing I say is you can only have one big idea in a conference paper. Yes, absolutely. And then I was going through and I was thinking, okay, will this hold up as a whole chapter? Uh, sometimes it would. Uh, so uh, my, I think it was my third chapter did actually hold up more or less. Uh, sometimes it wouldn't. So the second chapter required a little bit more extension and a bit more development uh, with something that I hadn't spoken about uh, in the conference paper way back in summer 2017. So how do you manage your time throughout this process? And and how, so you said, you know, you 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 book in or like you book in the bike rides and things which are non-negotiables, but how do you actually manage your writing time? And has that changed at all because of the change in environment? But also, you know, the inevitable change in work habits and productivity that's come through um, the COVID-19 pandemic and being in lockdown? I don't necessarily think I am the most reliable worker. Um, there's a very good book. There's a very good book on this called How We Write, uh, Ways of Looking at a Blank Page, which is put together by a group of, a group of medievalists, so very, very much uh, my field. And they point out that there's no single right way to write. Uh, and I have been experimenting with different things for years and I probably will experiment with different things for years. The main thing I think is, is not to go into your office, whether that's a home office or a work office and say, right, I'm going to do this for seven hours because that never works. YouTube is usually open by the end of the first hour. Um, you're going to have some at the moment for me, it's, it's, it's German Schlager music going after 90 minutes uh, you're going to be dancing around the place by two hours in. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But you're going to get distracted if you break it down into, if you don't break it down rather than if you say, okay, seven hours, here we go. So there are different ways of, of dealing with that. Some of them uh, were things I had tried before and brought up, brought up again uh, while writing up. Some of them, some of them weren't. So obvious ways of structuring your time. The first one is through deadlines. And that kind of goes as a given, you know, you use them uh, with your supervisors, you use them with yourself. Um, 
you can also work collaboratively with other people. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, those of you who are involved in this will expect the plug for the shut up and write groups, which is, is definitely coming later. When it comes to structuring your day, though, those that kind of activity, shut up and write, uh, remote retreats, all of these things and more, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, are the best way, I think, of structuring your time on a, a day to day basis. One of the one of the books I use when I'm doing um, academic writing teaching is a book by Eric Hyatt called Elements of Academic Style. Um, and he points out that you need to set aside time to write. Otherwise, you genuinely have a risk of the tail wagging the dog, which has happened to me on a fair few occasions in the past. Absolutely. And I think these kind of different ways of structuring time, particularly the collaborative stuff, as you know, and as anyone that, that knows me in real life or even on Twitter knows, is, is one of my things um, um, that I think is quite important about making sure that you take that pressure off, making sure that you're structuring your time into small chunks, because that is just how we work best. And so we do quite a lot of that at Exeter through when we were on campus, we did longer kind of write, write clubs. So four hours of, of kind of Pomodoro technique blocks and various different things, but we've migrated that online. So we were already running online shut up and write sessions um, as part of our webinar program. And we've just expanded that quite considerably um, to be running two hour shut up and write sessions either once or twice a day. But you know about this because you're one of my PGR volunteers. Yes, yes, this is true. Yes. So this is one of the one of the ways I've been structuring my time during uh, lockdown. It's a, it's a great way to uh, to meet people, to focus your work in and to say, OK, this morning I'm going to be spending two hours doing this. You, I want to achieve this. There are other ways of structuring my time during lockdown, which have kind of developed out of uh, a lot of stuff I did beforehand. As I say, it was about maintaining the networks that I built up. Uh, the, the the most obvious one for me, apart from the shut up and write sessions, is I'm very lucky, actually, in that I have a group of, of office buddies. Uh, we basically run a virtual office. So we will we will use the Pomodoro technique sometimes, not always, um, but we will we will we'll have kind of five hour epic team sessions, which makes it sound like we're uh, we're, we're procrastinating but actually what we do is we just turn off our audio and video and then just work for 25 minutes or half an hour or whatever and then come back and chat for five and share some strange youtube videos and then go again come back again go again come back again um so that's one way of doing it um the other uh, thing that i do is a, a lot of the uh, more social aspects uh, have moved on line as well so the sort of outside uh, the, the extracurricular, I suppose, is the word. They're my main ways of, of, of working around um, what is a very isolating, but hopefully not isolated process. You've got to challenge the impulse towards isolation that comes from writing up, especially writing up in the time of COVID. So in the work that I do on doctoral writing and academic writing and research writing or whatever it is that you want to call it, there is quite a lot of contention about this term writing up and particularly um pat thompson is somebody that um i've talked to you about many times and i always talk about in sessions um who is at the university of nottingham i'll put a link to her blog in the show notes and she in her books on doctoral writing problematizes this idea of writing up the based on the idea that writing up assumes that writing isn't something you're doing throughout the research process um 
and particularly as she's a social scientist, she talks about how actually in the humanities, arts and social sciences, that more traditional notion of sitting down and starting doing the writing um, doesn't really fit. And actually the argument she makes is that we shouldn't be doing that for the sciences either because we're not practicing our writing um, and developing. You know, you said it yourself, you're working from materials you've already got. Yes, absolutely. And I think of the production of those conference papers as part of my doctoral writing. Um, it's exactly what that was. Um, the I think the reason that it might not work in, in, in some of the humanities um, is that when um, when you look at something like uh, to, to give a kind of a common example uh, of the of, of, of images of doctoral life, PhD comics, uh, that's written from a, a primarily scientific perspective. Um, and in that sense, there is something of a distinction between the data gathering process and the production of research outputs. Obviously, a lot of our listeners will know that that distinction falls apart a bit in the humanities where your data might be present from the start, technically speaking, if you are if you are looking at, I don't know, published literature, for example. It might not be if you're doing archival research, and that's certainly been the case for me. Um, but the analysis results creation versus writing up process has always for me been quite a blurred one um i think i describe it I'm, I'm i'm writing up in the sense that because of how i spent my first chapter um there was something of a gap between writing those conference papers and writing up the chapters so I'd produced the conference papers for sort of summer 2018. And then it was it was the best part of a year working on something that was not connected to either of those papers before I went back to them and redeveloped them into full papers themselves. All three of my, uh, of my main chapters, weirdly, have existed at one point or another as conference papers. Um, and I found that a very useful way to do it. Uh, for what it's worth, there are still a lot of conferences which are either moving online or have moved online. Um, I've done one myself. Um, this was for the, the other uh, project that I'm working on alongside finishing up the PhD. But I would very much recommend that you, you look into them. Um, so there's one, uh, one that is general purpose called um, Academics in Isolation. I'm sure we'll put a link to that in the show notes if that's okay. Um, there are plenty of others which are a bit more discipline specific. Uh, and it's worth just taking a little bit of time uh, to look through those. Um, I'm sure a future episode of this podcast will talk about Twitter, uh, but one of the one of the best uh, places to find information about all of these is Twitter. It's definitely worth going on there, even if you don't have an account, looking for opportunities to present your research. And of course, here in Exeter, we've got things like the Research Showcase as well, uh, the Doctoral College blog, uh, and various ways of of writing in both a kind of a more conventional academic and a less conventional style. I think those, the, the ways in which COVID-19 has disrupted that writing up process for people in the sciences, you know, and, and I'm talking from the perspective of PGRs that have spoken to me about this, um, is, is quite interesting because it's for a lot of them forced them into that writing part of their 
work much earlier than they ever would have predicted because they've because they can't be collecting data if they're not in labs or if they're not able to do field work and so they have the thing that they can do at this point in time in a remote isolated locked down um environment is writing yeah and so there's this um Dr. Zoe Ayres on Twitter, she does these great like inf- infographics or sort of posters. A lot of the ones that she does are about mental health and well-being in research. But she's done this kind of like scientist without a lab. Um, these are the things that you can do. And there's all sorts of things that she talks about, including things like writing journal articles, drafting chapters, visualizing data. Um, and it really highlights, I think, yeah, the way that that traditional process for the sciences has been massively disrupted. Um, but <laughs> You know, I talk to a lot of academics um, in like biosciences, for instance, where we talk about actually the need to get people in the sciences writing much earlier, because when you do start the quote unquote writing up six months before the end and you haven't really done any of that writing work beforehand, you've got a mammoth near impossible task. In summing up, I want to talk about kind of key advice and things that you advice you would give yourself so imagine i am the doctor from bbc's doctor who and i have a tardis and i say edward come back in time with me one year ago to pre-writing up edward um what piece of advice would you give past edward what would you what kind of key thing have you learned throughout this process that you wish you knew a year ago like a tardis the writing up process encompasses more on the inside than you'd expect from looking at it from outside. And what that means is you need to be ready for it. This goes for coronavirus specific cases like like mine, or people who hopefully will not be in the same position in, in a couple of years time from now. You will have built up networks over the course of the PhD, friends, colleagues, supervisors, The really important thing is even if the means of keeping up those networks have changed slightly now, for those of us who are writing up right now, keep those networks. Do not let yourself retreat into a writing up bubble or tell yourself or let anyone else tell you that you are writing up, therefore you should not be meeting with other people or talking about research or anything like that. Writing up is is really hard. Um, speaking from experience here, but you can make it a lot easier by allowing yourself to be with other people uh, in remote circumstances through, you know, through Zoom rooms or through actual physical rooms once, once things start opening up again. That's the important thing, I think. It's that you trust the networks that you've already built and you milk them for all that they're worth. Uh, I've certainly, I'm certainly very grateful to the people who have tolerated my witterings and they know who they are over the over the last couple of months um and i think that it's made my it's made my thesis a lot better i think it's also made my acknowledgements a lot longer than they probably will be allowed to be but that's a, that's a story for another day what a fabulous note to end on and you heard it here first folks edward mills writing up is like a tardis bigger on the inside thank you very much for having me thank you Thank you so much to Edward for taking the time out of the very important thesis writing process to talk to me about that process and also for indulging my Doctor Who jokes and puns. You can find information about all the different things Edward and I discussed in the show notes as well as where to find Edward on Twitter and online.
And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. And join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between. Thank you.